Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. On this week's episode of the Texas Trailhead podcast, I'm going to tell you about one of my favorite places in the San Antonio area. It's Government Canyon State Natural Area. It's a great place to do some hiking, very limited camping, but I'll go over all those details. And one of my favorite things to do as far as camping in Texas summers is hammock camp. I'm going to give you reasons why it's a lot more comfortable, especially in the high heat, and then give you some options for hammock camping, what you need to know, and a quick little tutorial. So stay tuned for this episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. I feel like the best thing about living in Central Texas is its vicinity to pretty much everything around the Lone Star State. I am right in the middle, and I really try to not take it for granted. And one of my favorite places to travel to that is within, you know, a couple hours even if that is the San Antonio area. San Antonio has a ton of great places to hike and government Canyon state natural area. While not technically a state park still offers a lot of amazing outdoor opportunities to explore. There's, there's so much. So I'm glad you're, you're listening in onto this episode as I get a little bit more in-depth about Government Canyon State Natural Area. Nestled in Helotes, Texas, just outside of San Antonio, Government Canyon State Natural Area. Off the, off the bat when I got there, I was really impressed with the amount of trails that are at this state park. On the hiking guide, there are nine trails listed, but if you look at the map, There are, in fact, 17 different trails broken down into front and back country, but with loops and spurs that can make this a really extensive hike or a great place just to have a lot of options to do some some awesome day hiking. The Black Hills Loop is the longest at 4.89 miles, and technically the Sendero Travesero is the shortest at just under half a mile, but I'm going to state the Little Windmill Trail has the actual shorty. It's mostly a connector trail from the Joe Johnston Trail to the Sendero Balcones Trail, but it cuts through some pretty fun scenery. On my recent visit to Government Canyon, I hiked the Joe Johnston route. It's four miles And I took that up to Caroline's Loop, which is almost two and a half miles, with a pit stop along the way at the Overlook Trail, thanks to my buddy Jared, who recommended this hiking route. It was was pretty awesome. My first recommendation, first and foremost, is wear comfortable shoes. I was wearing my trail runners, And definitely go back a few episodes if you want to listen to why I recommend wearing trail runners instead of traditional hiking boots. 
I digress. Um, but I definitely feel I could have used even more padding on my toe cap because at this, um, on these trails, there's a ton of rocks that I, I walked on and walked near and it was definitely important to have a really strong toe cap because I, I did bump my feet a few times hiking on the Joe Johnson trail. Be prepared for a few light elevation changes. Nothing crazy until you're on Caroline's Loop. Here I found that some of the steep climbs came with the most rock. I wasn't sure if I was going to do the Overlook Trail at first, but once I passed the Zeiselman House point of interest, uh, I decided I, I might as well. When I stopped at the prehistoric dinosaur footprints, I was standing below a cliff and I was curious as to whether or not that was the overlook or not. And come to find out, it totally was. The dinosaur footprints are not the same as some of the gorge places I've seen and heard about. It wasn't super obvious that that's what you're looking at, but it is designated just so people aren't playing around in these prehistoric footprints. So I used my imagination for a little bit. I, I took some pictures and I've gone back and looked at those pictures and I don't, I just don't know if I'm looking at the right spot or not. So I definitely would like to know what y'all think about um, the prehistoric footprint section. So I came down the Overlook Trail from the north. So just know that the actual canyon overlook is closer to the southern entrance. I kept walking through trees wondering how it was even supposed to be elevated. But then I arrived at the clearing and definitely saw the huge drop. So amazing views of the Texas Hill Country from this, this spot. And this, I, I took a picture here because I used it for a later segment on Instagram, but I took a picture of a rock cairn or a rock stack. And, you know, if you are pretty hardcore about the leave no trace models, there's some discussion about rock stacks and, and making them just for giggles and making them for what they're used for as a cairn, as a, as like a location system. And to be honest, if that well, when I first saw it, I, I just thought it was like, oh, cool, a rock stack. And then once I kind of figured out I was at the Canyon Overlook where I needed to be, then it definitely um, made more sense that that was the indicator for anyone that was looking for the Overlook Trail and where they needed to stand to enjoy the view. So, you know, in that sense, it was definitely important to have there and, and definitely necessary, but... Um, I'm hoping to talk to some of the Leave No Trace people here in an upcoming episode, so I, I definitely want to talk to them about rock stacks and kind of their importance, but definitely at, at, for the time being, look it up and kind of see the difference between what's helpful and what's a disruptor to the uh, natural environment. Overall, that ended up being about 10 miles of hiking on three different trails at Government Canyon. This section had plenty of shade. So even when it started to warm up, there were a handful of opportunities just to kind of take a break, to pause, catch my breath, and cool off. I don't normally recommend that as a crutch, but it wasn't as brutal as, say, Pernalla State Park. That place has very little shade. 
this place reminded me a lot of Purgatory Creek and Samarks. And what I mean by that is don't use the shade as a crutch. Like, definitely be prepared with plenty of water. And if you're hot, you need to cool off. Don't just think like, oh, there's shade. I'll be fine. You need to still be prepared. The trails are broken down by activity. So the front country is hiking and biking. And this is going to be kind of an extensive list. So I definitely encourage you to check out Government Canyon's post on the website, thetexastrailhead.com. So front country is for hiking and biking trails. That's Lytle's Loop and Savannah Loop. And then the back country has hiking only trails, um, which are Discovery Trail, Bluff Spurs, and Overlook Trail. Now there's hiking and biking. So there's Caroline's Loop, which is kind of interesting. So you can carry your bike if you want to do the Overlook Trail, because that's where that takes you to. Uh, the other hiking biking trails are Far Reaches, the Joe Johnston Route, Little Windmill, Recharge Trail, Sendero Balcones, Twin Oaks, and Wildcat Canyon. And then the protected habitat area, which I wasn't able to access at the time. Um, it's open September to February, and it's hiking only. And that's going to be the Black Hill Loop, Cave Creek, and La Subida, and Sendero Travesero. As far as camping goes, there is camping at Government Canyon, but, and I'm quoting here from the um, map, the principal mission of Government Canyon is protection of the natural environment. So the camp map states that this place needs to be a special place for generations. So that being said, camping is at a premium. There are only 23 walk-in campsites with water, and then there are two group campsites. The campsites are all located in the front country. But again, remember, all of the hiking is located in the back country. And the primitive, remember, the primitive aspect of these sites is if, you know, you're wanting all the amenities of typical car camping. This experience should really be more about embracing the natural aspect of the area and and don't be mad at the fact that they don't have all the uh, car camping options and RV and whatnot. That's not what this particular place is for. Walk-in sites are $18 per night and the group sites are $40 per night. And as far as I could tell, the pets are allowed at the campsites, but not allowed in the backcountry. So if you plan on doing extensive camping, leave them at the campsite with the others. So they can camp with you. They just looks like they can't hike with you. But yeah, overall, I really recommend going to Government Canyon, mostly just for the hiking. There are definitely... I've only been there once, and, and I talked about the, the trail and the end of the loop that I did, but there's some pretty neat areas. Um, the Joe Johnson Trail is pretty much a straight shot for the most part, and so that's kind of why I added some of the other things. But the, the headquarters itself are, are pretty neat. They do, from what it looks like, a lot of classes and stuff at this um, state natural area. It, you know, it reminded me a lot of the LCRA. Uh, McKinney Ruffs Park, which um, 
is one of the other fun LCRA parks that I really recommend. And, um, you know, there, there's a whole other section of trails that I definitely want to go back and I, I'll, I'll bring that up on a part B, I guess that'd be, that'd be fitting, but I definitely recommend it. Check them out. Government Canyon state natural area. It's going to be just outside of San Antonio, outside 1604, if you're familiar, kind of close to Six Flags, if you've ever been to Fiesta, Texas, and San Antonio. It's kind of in that area of San Antonio. So, all right. Thanks for listening. The hammock. Just saying the word will bring images of swaying back and forth on the back porch or soaking up some sun in the summertime. So imagine leaving the tent behind and sleeping at your campsite in a hammock. Coming up, here are the hammock camping basics you'll need to take your next camp out to the next level. First things first, hammock camping is a lot colder than regular tent camping. You think, how, how? Well, think about it. When you're up in a hammock, the air, you with me, can now surround you from the top to the bottom. So this is why I prefer to hammock camp in Texas in the summertime. 98 degrees during the day? That's no big deal. At night, the temperature will still dip down to a comfortable degree to give you a few chills. I promise. I hammock camped for the first time at Guadalupe River State Park in the end of July. And we floated and spent a lot of time in the water during that um, camp out because it was super hot. And, and that's what you do in Texas in the summertime. Um, and I wanted to hammock camp. I had looked up a couple videos online, of course, shocking, and I was like, I'm going to do it, and took my sleeping bag, got everything set up, everything was fine, and in the middle of the night, I woke up freezing. It's like it was 100 degrees today. Why am I freezing? It got chilly because all of the air was kind of wrapping wrapping my body and it was it was really cold so besides just taking a thicker um sleeping bag how do you avoid getting too chilly well i definitely recommend a sturdy sleeping bag of course but in the summer um you know you you can just use it as pretty much your blanket and then kind of wrap it around you in the middle of the night But if it gets colder and you plan on doing a little bit of hammock camping in in the fall or early springtime, you want something you can definitely snuggle in and get a little bit warmer. One of the things you can do is get a hammock underquilt. So basically the hammock sits inside of basically a hanging blanket and that's going to add a lot of the warmth that you're going to need to to get you through the evening. I recommend three brands just real quick. The Eno Ember 2 
REI makes a really good underquilt, and then the Bobcat from Kamek, which is a local company out of Austin. You want to look at something, you want to look at adjustability. When it comes time to set up your hammock, you're going to want to make sure that the straps are fully adjustable. There's nothing worse than getting ready to set up your straps only to find that you can't get a good distance from the ground because your hammock straps don't have enough points to hook in your carabiners. In terms of hammock camping basics, there's a general rule. The more connection points, the better. And that's the connection points I'm talking about in your straps. You want to have as many connection points as possible to really fully optimize your hanging potential. So let's say your only option is two trees of unequal heights. With multiple connection points, you can hang your hammock at a similar point on the straps to ensure you have a level sleeping space. It doesn't seem like it's going to make a huge difference, but it definitely will if your tree options are limited. PYS Outdoor makes a really affordable option with 20 connection points. The only difference is that carabiners are not included with the set. So you can spend a little bit more and get the top rated Eno brand. But if the weight ratings are similar, you're going to get a really similar product. So don't sweat. Don't sweat the straps just yet. Mine only have, I think, five connection points, and that seems to be suitable for for the time being. I also have seen a lot of advancements in the hammock world, especially because Kamek, Kamek with a K, out of Austin because they're so close. I get to see a lot of their product around in the different stores around town and they are doing a lot in terms of kind of all in one setups and um, just the differences in adjustability and whatnot. So it's pretty neat to see how far it's come in just the two years that I've been hammock camping. The next thing you want to think about is whether or not you need a single or double hammock. So let me say up front that I don't really recommend sleeping with two people in a hammock. It's just, I think it's just going to be uncomfortable, in my opinion. That being said, if you want the extra room, then a double will give you that space. You have to remember that in a hammock, when you sleep, the best way to get the most comfort is to sleep at an angle. This will create a nice flow of your back and you're going to sleep like a baby cradling in your parents' arms. And so I'm typically a side sleeper. So when I, when I camp sleeping on a a mattress pad on my back is kind of uncomfortable because it's not my normal sleeping position. But when I'm sleeping in a hammock at the angle, it's so just is perfect for my back that I get really, really cozy. So if you need a little bit of the extra room, then definitely go to the double. Otherwise, a single is going to accommodate most folks just fine. A couple of the accessories you're going to need. Some have an all-in-one. Some people like myself, when I got my first hammock, are going to have to get these things, but they are very important. Rain tarp and a bug net. Texas has some funky weather, y'all, for sure. 
And even in the summer, you can have a random cold front or torrential downpour. And never mind the fact that you're going to be somewhere that has water nearby. If you're going to be somewhere where there's water nearby, sorry, you'll be faced with the challenge of dealing with various bugs, including mosquitoes. And I just, I mean, you can obviously hammock camp anywhere. And so all the bugs are definitely important to watch out for. A shelter is going to be one of the more important hammock camping basics for setting up your hammock. And if you're backpacking, it's a minimal addition in weight that will bring a large amount of importance. Some hammocks can be purchased as an all-in-one option, like I was saying. REI has the quarter dome, and you set it up, and it either has the shelter included to protect you from the bugs, but it doesn't have anything to protect you from the rain. The Mantis from Kamek from Austin is a more involved version that includes the shelter, too, for the ultimate uh, hang, as they call it. When you're talking about quality, it's definitely nice to have everything you need in one kit. Like I said, I pieced my hammock set together. When I was deciding I wanted to try hammock camping, I bought it in chunks. So don't feel like you have to grab a combo from the get-go. I mean, if you can afford afford it, then, you know, do it. But it's just an easy way to ensure you have what you need. You may not think there's going to be need for full shelter status, but just think if you're camping around Houston in the summer, you're going to need protection from mosquitoes and the rain. So it's imperative that you have a tarp and a bug net. The bug net from We Camture is what I use, and it has served me just fine from the creepy crawlers. You're going to want to look for mesh grade because if the mesh has too wide of openings, then obviously it's not going to be worth getting. It's not going to do its job. And then you're going to want to see ease of use on putting it together. So when I am setting up my bug net, I'm going to have one side of the hammock hooked up into my strap. And then I'm going to wrap the hammock in kind of a bunch and feed it through the hole of the bug net. So I'm going to have the two ends of the bug net kind of together so it creates this one little loop and then you're gonna hook the other end of the hammock and then spread out the bug net and it's just that easy and with the tarp i'm just gonna kind of rope it off it doesn't weigh enough to uh, worry about the string or line that you're using but it is important that you get some straps for your hammock that are gonna hurt the trees bark and some campsites are going to require that that's the case so uh, if you're spending time in nature you definitely need to respect the area that you're in so that should be a no-brainer there have you been hammock camping out there in podcast land are you thinking about hammock camping while you're driving listening to this fantastic new podcast episode let me know at a facebook.com it's a pretty neat website you should check it out but on that website is a separate page for the texas trailhead i'll be posting things about hammock camping soon so definitely look for that post and let me know if you hammock camp 
or are looking to hammock camp. Like I said, there are a lot of ways to get started in in this aspect and you can upgrade the different parts as you go if you feel like you're using it more for recreation or if you're really using it as a means of camping. I have talked to a few people that have done something as simple as like the Lone Star Loop, the 90 plus mile trail just north of Houston. And hammock camping is important there because the weather does get kind of wet and the ground gets a little bit sloshy. And besides comfort, you know, you don't want to set up your tent on mud during those times of years. But, you know, you also have to remember, too, like I've taken my, my hammock because it packs is always in the back of my car. So I always have it if I need it. And sometimes I just take it with me while I'm hiking and I can set it up and take a little breather. But the one obvious thing you need to think about is you need trees. So if you're going somewhere, you're let's say you're going to the beach and you want to camp on the beach, it's unlikely that you're going to find something suitable to put your your hammock on obviously they've got little stands that you can use and put in your backyard or your front porch and stuff like that but if you're going to be using this for hiking and backpacking and camping um, you want to think about what trees are going to be available and if you're car camping you know you pull up to your spot you're going to be able to see um, if you have trees or not. And fun fact about that is when I went to Guadalupe River State Park to hammock camp for the first time, it wasn't super busy because it was in the middle of summer. Um, when we showed up to the first camp spot, I, I didn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of people around. So I've, I said, I don't, I don't, it was, it was that I was that guy. I was like, I don't like the trees here. These aren't, these aren't going to be good trees to, uh, hammock camp so we found a campsite that had better trees and they were totally cool we were like the only one in that loop so it wasn't a big deal I wouldn't have done it if there was people around I wouldn't have been that kind of fussy about it but um we switched campsites and which was fine um the the other (laughs) just since we're talking about this and I'll I'll talk about Guadalupe River State Park here um in another episode but the the one interesting thing is you're kind of there in the open and so if you're a dum dum and forget to put your ice chest back into the back of the car and you're actually sleeping pretty close to the ice chest then um when you are aw- awakened by the freezing temperatures you also get to hear all of the well I don't actually know how many there were but you also get to hear all the wildlife that wants to come get the leftover um, summer sausage out of your ice chest and and, and have a little snack. Um, so I got to hear a lot of those little rascals um, in the middle of the night. So you don't really have the tent, not not like tent walls or that protective, but you're really, you're really kind of right there in the middle of everything. So I definitely encourage you all to try it. And see what you think. I really like it. If you um, have trouble sleeping while you're camping, it is super comfortable and really easy to set up. And this is just a quick tutorial. You can visit the post on the thetexastrailhead.com about hammock camping bases. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.